Well, we are back. Episode 112 on the OG podcast of the Christian Podcast of Fear Church Podcast. Talking about that the other day. Did you say 112? 112 episodes. Interesting. We've that been means around. It's only been 12 episodes since um, our epic hundredth episode. Well, okay. The, who then? Um, uh, Andrew was here at the 99th or 100th. Hold on. Because I was going to say that seems like forever ago. And yeah, 12 we did doesn't the seem like hundredth episode five months ago. We're kind of slow. <gasps> wow. We're kinda, well, no. Wait a minute. Once a week. Well, it's more like once every other yeah, week, right. once every three yeah. weeks, you know. Okay. The last one, no, let's see. Uh, when Andrew and Rebecca were here, that was, uh, I'm looking on the thing right now. That was 101. Yeah, that's how I've been like kind of remembering about when our 100th, 100th turn, okay. but I guess I was 101. But um, anyway, yeah, that's okay. We do what we do. Oh, wait, no, this is actually 113. Oh, okay, 113. That's more like it. I, I thought count. 112. No, 113. 113. <laughs> <laughs> now it feels better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, We're teenagers uh, in the hundreds now. So. Teenagers in the hundreds. Yeah. Been at it a while and not a lot to show for it. Well, we don't know. We don't know what will come of it all. Well, yeah, but I mean, comparatively, you know, like I was, well, we were talking about this the other day, right? That I see new guys starting podcasts every other day, and I just mm-hmm. think, like, you guys, youngins, yeah, babes of podcasts, <laughs> right? You don't know what you're doing. They're not seasoned They're like not we are. Seasoned podcasters, <laughs> veterans uh, who have nothing to show for it. So, <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, we're not getting any extra money for it, or. Although I was Book thinking deals or anything, I think so. We we've been drinking our coffee mm-hmm. on our podcast. You've been drinking your hot chocolate because you're a five year old. Usually drink- I have coffee, but today I had hot chocolate. Today I had hot chocolate. I would think we should do a cookie competition. We should throw out if anybody wants to drop by cookies on Wednesday morning. We'll eat them on the podcast. Give a little rate review. That'd be great, wouldn't it? It would, but here's the problem: <clears throat> we can't lie. We would have to be honest about it. So what if somebody made cookies that we didn't like, and what are we going to do? They're like mm. listening to hear what it was. What okay, are we maybe say? we won't review them. We'll just eat them. There, that would be more like it. Okay. And then we could say things like, I have to say, this is really good. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so shall anybody want to bring us cookies? You know, but then like, weeks like, I probably wouldn't eat any today, so. Yeah, because you're on a sugar thing this week or something. Week, yeah. Yeah. Trying. Yeah. Oh, well, it is an idea. It'd be fun. But, you know, I'm not a legalist, so, I mean, I can... You could have that. a cookie next that. week. That's yeah. just this week I thought you were not doing cook, uh, sugar. Yeah. Anyway. It won't be next week. No. Uh, poll question for you and for the audience. Should I shave my beard and get a mustache? Yes. Okay. That's I didn't even need to think about it. <laughs> yes. I'll do it if you do it. <laughs> if, I don't if know, we get dude. a regular cookie sponsorship we'll consider shaving my beard and your fu manchu should, just the mustache should we go mustache it's the thing it is really it is I, it struck me today i was like if i had the mustache today i'd have the colorado trifecta but here's, here's what you can do you can grow the mustache a little bit 
and shave the chin down, down to stubble. I could, I could do that. Because that's that becoming a, a thing too. too, and it's totally legit now. The problem is, is I can't grow the mustache, I don't think. I don't. I can't have a bushy mustache. I have a kind of thinner mustache. Yeah. And that's just not, I don't know. Who, why is the mustache a thing again? It's manly, dude. And like, you How know, is it more manly than a beard? Well, no, they're all they're all manly. Okay. They're all masculine. But here's the thing: like, if you look back at, at the old West, sure, they had. Think of all the different styles of different things that men wore at that time. So that some of them had the mustache, some of them had the the full, like almost like three quarter beard thing going on. Yeah. Some had normal beards, some whatever. I mean, it was just like you could. Men have always experimented with their facial hair and done different things. All of it's masculine, so it doesn't matter if you have full or <laughs> half or partial or a mustache, right? I mean, it's all part of being a man. Uh, I guess. I don't know. So <clears throat> anyway, well, yeah, maybe we, maybe I do a mustache if, say, we got some sponsors on the podcast. I I would really have to run this by my wife because I don't know if she would go for just a mustache. <laughs> Last time I shaved my beard is like 10 years ago. Yeah. My wife laughed at me. Yeah, well. So... I, I yeah, she'll chuckle at first. But I'll chuckle. I'll be like, down. "What is that?" I don't know. I like. I think the mustache is pretty cool. I just don't know on me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like. I don't it know. Yeah, because I look at other guys. I'm like, that kind of works. Yeah. And then I also look at. It, I go like, that doesn't work at all. I know. So it's, for some, it just yeah. it's a love hate thing for me with the mustache. Anyway, I might do it though, just to freak you out. Go for it. I would. That'd be great. You should start though with a handlebar. Like I know. I thought about that. Do the handlebar. I thought about the handlebar. And then go. You know. I do. Anyway. All right. Let's uh, talk about uh, it's a new month. Uh, Here we go. Book of the month. It is for August. The Bruised Read by Richard Sibbies or Sibs. This would be more uh, appropriate. This is a really good book. It's very good. So go buy it. Yeah. Enough said. I'm actually really enjoying it. That I've got a confession because we put it out before I read this. Mm-hmm. And just had heard so much about it. Never had a chance to read it. Just I started read it. reading it a few weeks, a couple weeks ago maybe. I'm on the last chapter and a half right now. And it's just wow, been. Wow, you cruised through it, really. Yeah, I really gave some time to it because it's good. It I've good. really enjoyed it. I've It's been helpful to me and. So I, I can see why it is so popular and especially for what we're even talking about today and the, Mm. you know, mortifying sin, what that's all about. Mm -hmm. It's helpful because it's very encouraging. Yes. So the whole purpose is to encourage people who are struggling with sin, Mm -hmm. the bruised reed or the smoking flax, smoking flax, right. That Jesus wouldn't put the one out or break the other. So. Um, that's awesome. I would say to people, if you enjoyed reading Gentle and Lowly, you will enjoy reading this. It'll be a, the next step in yeah. that vein. Because that was drawn. Gentle and Lonely was kind of drawn in part from part this from and this, some others. And then others from like Thomas Goodwin, The Heart yeah. of Christ, and things yeah. like that. But they, it's very Puritan in its yes. warmth and its encouragement. Yeah. Um, and so this is the most Puritan because it's an actual Puritan. Right. So run. Don't walk to the CBC bookstore and grab yourself a copy today. All right. Maybe we'll actually have a bookstore one day. You ever thought about that? No. Hmm. But we have talked about, you know, by the time we're like 90 or you're 90 and I'm 50, uh, having walls. (laughs) 40 years older than you. (laughs) 
<laughs> having walls of books, yeah. you know, but uh, it, <laughs> it would be a little bookstore. We have almost like, got a table filled. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Topic of the day. You already mentioned it. Mortification of sin. It sounds serious. It. Yeah. <laughs> Need some rock and roll in it the It sounds there. serious. It sounds serious. It is serious, actually. Oh. It is serious. Uh, so this is following up on my sermon from Sunday. Mm-hmm. You got done, you're like, that really was, need some help. Lame-o. Lame-o. We're going to re-preach your sermon <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> got some things to learn, son, so I'm going to teach you. <laughs> Uh, actually, not entirely, uh, but what we decided was I made four application points at the end of the sermon, mm-hmm. and so we're going to try and expound on those a little bit more. Yeah, uh, mortifying sin. I mean, I I reference several times John Owen's work on the mortification of sin. You've got some more thoughts from that that we'll bring out in the in the discussion here, but there is just a real necessity, and as we'll I think think about is. There is an an assurance that this will happen mm-hmm. in the life of the believer, so we have to give careful attention to it. And I do think, like this is the majority of the Christian life is this mortifying mm-hmm. sin because yeah. it glorifies God, uh, it, it testifies to the work that Christ has completed in us, prepares us for glory. Like this is the work of the Spirit. It's it's so essential, so crucial. But yet, as Christians, I don't think we really give give it the attention we should. Mm -hmm. And so we want to think about, again, these ways of mortifying sin, like what's some some big thoughts or big points on that, and then maybe try and make some application. But I do think the thing that we got to keep in in, um, context here or in thought, and I think I mentioned this on Sunday as well, is it takes real wisdom and spiritual discernment to apply these things to specific issues. Right, because everybody's issues are going to be different, but there's yeah. broad points that we can glean. Yeah. What does it look like, or what is it to mortify sin? How do we do that? It's yeah. kind of the idea, but but specific sins that people are dealing with will look a little yes. differently in some of some of the more practical application. Correct. These are ge- this is generally general how you do this general principle application. But if you're dealing with a specific sin, you're going to apply these, but then do other things that are going to help as well. Yes. Is what we're saying. So I have four points. Wish I had five. Be the holy number. Yeah, four is kind of weird, man. It was like either three or five you got to pick. But anyway, we'll let you go with that. That was one of my criticisms, right? (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, we have fun with this. All right, the first thing that I I brought out on Sunday and then I'll bring out here again is that you must see your sin clearly. Because if you don't see that you're a sinner and you don't see what your sin is, it's hard to mortify it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you mean by, and you're meaning by that primarily identifying sin itself? Identifying it, but then seeing whom it is against, the gravity of it. One of the, our problems is, and I and I brought this out in the sermon too. One of the ways we we fail to mortify it is by minimizing it right. or downplaying it. Right, it's not that big a deal, and and we can't have that view yeah. of sin. Yeah, um, so we need to have a right view of our sin, of who it is against, the severity of it, mm-hmm. the uh, the lack, how it it sucks the life out of our Christian life and joy, yes. things like that. And and that's all due to sin. And so we need to see it clearly right. in order to mortify it properly. 
Yeah. So do you, are you going to read all four of these and then we talk about each one again? Elaborate we could, or, or yeah. we could just go one by one. Yeah. Well, I was just, cause I was going to say on this scene clearly, um, the idea of, so if we think about this in the context of mortifying our sin, we have to identify sin in our lives, which always is going to require mortification is always going to require a level of introspection. Yes. And self-inspection of one's life and, and that. And um, so that one thing that is helpful with that is daily confession of sin, because you do that in the morning and then probably be helpful to do that at night, you know, too, as you look back on the day in your uh, evening prayer or something. But like the idea that you're analyzing thoughts and attitudes and things you did and and you're identifying those, right? Because then you're confessing them, but then that will bridge into the idea of mortifying. Right. So that seeing it clearly is actually identifying it. Right. And I think, well, and so with confessing it, that regular habit of going before God and agreeing how you have broken his law and disobeyed him and grieved the spirit, mm-hmm. right? I, that's also helped because sometimes... I think this is my experience and probably many others, right? You can think of one or two big things in your life that are mm-hmm. pretty predominant. Mm-hmm. And then there's little things that you don't even right. think of as sin. Right. And so this is where the scriptures and praying the scriptures really is important, right? If I'm part of my confession, I'm reading the scriptures and I see gluttony as a sin. And I don't think about that as a sin in my life. But then I think, you know, I can't go to bed without eating a bowl of ice cream. Mm-hmm. Right. That could be, a sin, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've now yes. become dependent upon this thing. Like I, yeah. I have to ha- have it in order to, you know, whatever I, th- or I think I've earned it, you know, that, that, that's not a, a, a right thing. And so I need to recognize that as what it is yeah. and even confess that to the Lord. Right. So I'm seeking to mortify all these areas of my life, not just the big. Yeah. And we need to, we need to take, when we think about seeing sin clearly, like seeing it as God sees it. All right. Cause that's our problem is that we don't judge sin rightly. Right. And we think lightly of it or we put into degrees sins of like, well, I really need to work on this. But, you know, this is no big deal. Like you were saying, it's all of sin that we need to see clearly. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to someone the other day and they were talking about the fact of when you think about the cross of Christ and what your sin cost him. Mm hmm. Um, I think as Christians, that can be very helpful at, at really seeing cl- sin more clearly. Look at the cross. Well, look what it required. Look at the wrath of God being poured out. Look at the the justice being poured out at the cross on Christ for our sin. Mm-hmm. And then um, let that spur us on, I guess, to begin the process of killing sin in our lives. So there's multiple things we could see under this and being in the word continuously and being in the word in a prayerful way that we're willing to not to, to look into the word and see ourselves clearly in it. Mm -hmm. So allowing the spirit to teach us from the Bible about our sins or, you know, things like that, being able to see it more from God's perspective. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that's point number one, see your sin clearly. 
Second thing is that I said was adopt new and right ways of thinking. And even this relates to the other point too about seeing your sin clearly because I think sometimes, and this is where we talk about introspection, the necessity of it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people can become, in a sense, overly introspective to the point of despair. Right. And the hope of the gospel doesn't lead us to despair. And so the the problem with that though that I want to bring about think about adopting new and right ways of thinking is your sin and your flesh and your desires are always telling you things, Mm -hmm. right? They're telling you, you can't live without the bowl of ice cream Mm -hmm. before bed. You can't live without the drink, Mm -hmm. without the giving into lust and Mm -hmm. sexual morality, uh, without flying off the handle in anger. Hmm. That's what your flesh is always telling you. And so we're seeking to mortify those those things and those desires. So you have to adopt new and right ways of thinking about those sins and even the feeling that they have a, a grip on me. And that can only happen as we adopt new and right way th- new and right ways of thinking about who we are. Yep. Right? In terms of the gospel. Um and I think so I'll just start here. I think it's really helpful if you're really uh, you're just starting this work of mortification. Right, you're like I do want to be serious about this. I think you just start with the gospel, mm-hmm. rehearse truths. The gospel. Yeah. Do you believe the gospel? Do you believe you're a sinner? Do you believe that Jesus died for sinners like you? Yeah. Do you recognize that without only by trusting in Him can you have your sins forgiven and have righteousness counted to you? That's where it starts. That's it's right. really that simple. Yeah. And this mysterious thing of Romans six, where he talks about. When Christ died, you died with him. Peter talks about this in First Peter 4, too. Uh, you know, Christ suffered from once for sin. You arm yourself with that same way of thinking. And Paul says, um, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism and death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness life. And he goes on a little bit, and then he says, so you, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin alive to God in Christ Jesus. This adopting of a new way of thinking, even about, um, or right ways of thinking, as you put it, about yourself and, and sin and your relationship to it. And just like you said, it's all through the gospel mm-hmm. that you're dead to sin now, so you no longer live in it. This seems to be important to Paul, to right. get people to think that way, right? To see the cross not just as, something disconnected from them, but something that is very connected to them. Christ on the cross, mm-hmm. there's a purpose in this. Um, and that is to free you from sin, not just from hell and not just the penalty, but actually from its dominion and power in your life. Right. right? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about like a, a Ephesians or Romans 6, is it verse 11 or 12, right? Sin will have no dominion over you. Yes. You know, there. that's a, that's a truth that you that we need to learn to appropriate and to rehearse and consider in those moments when I feel like I'm being dominated by sin. Yep. This is the this is the new reality of who I am in Christ. You know, I think, um, and I don't know if I brought this out on, on Sunday, but you just think about all the, the different ways the scriptures talk about those who are believing the gospel, who are in Christ, right? You're no longer under condemnation. Sin causes you to feel condemned, but you can say, I'm not not under con- condemnation. I'm forgiven of all my trespasses. Yes. Colossians two verse thirteen, yep. Romans eight one or eight two. I've been set free from sp- sin. Uh, what you preached on two weeks ago about the Spirit. I have Him mm-hmm. according to Romans eight eleven. First uh, Corinthians nine 
verse 27 talks about our ability to control our desires. Yeah. You know, those are all truths we have to appropriate. Appropriate Romans 6, 11, I'm dead to sin. Romans 5, 1, I'm justified and at peace with God. Romans 6, verse 3, I've been raised to walk in newness of life. And there is, there is this element in the Christian life where I am, it is so much a battle in the mind and learning to think in new and right ways. And it's not a, uh, I was thinking about, um, oh, what's the guy that wrote the book, The Power of Positive Thinking? I don't know, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a, a not that is putting forward ideas of thinking right, like self-esteem, like mm-hmm. I am great, I am this and that, and that's not what the New Testament is is saying. It's saying adopt right ways of thinking that accord with who you are as a new creation in Christ, mm-hmm. and and that's really where the battle does begin. Mm-hmm. Like I actually believe this to be true. Yeah. Paul, that's why I think Paul is always saying things like, do you not know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, or or let this mind be in you, yes. right? And it, it is. Be transformed by the renewing of right. your mind. Right. The mind is so important. And the way we think about the gospel and our sin, and th- this is going to make or break it, in other words, right? This is going to make or break it. Right. And, and here's, I think, the problem too, though, because we want like like really prescriptive solutions to our problems, right? Just tell me, do this, 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 take this pill, do this exercise regimen or whatever, and then I will see these results. And the New Testament doesn't do that. Mm. But it, this this notion of adopting new and right ways of thinking, of, of cha- renewing your mind by the Word of God, is not this magic formula, but it's a way of life. And when we truly believe it, it actually does work. But our problem is often we don't think that that could work. Right. It's kind of like uh, Naaman. Wasn't the story of Naaman right? And the he just couldn't believe that go and wash in the Jordan. It's right. almost like yeah. that's kind of too simple, and that yeah. doesn't seem to be like. Yeah, they were telling him like, well, if he told you to do this great thing, you yeah. had to go do. You'd probably go do it. <laughs> right. And all he's asking you to do is go wash. Right. You know? Exactly. And so here, but but at the same time, it is a whole life commitment. Right. right. It's saying I am going to commit my life to the scriptures yeah. and I'm going to change some ways that I think and give up some things. Right. And that's hard to do. Yeah. And I think um, you have a point for appropriate by faith, the things of the spirit. So I was going to wait till then. But th- this idea, this adopting a new way of thinking is is directly connected to faith. Right. And this struck me this week, even reading Sibs and the Bruce Reed, he brought it out, going back through uh, John Owen's overcoming uh, temptation and mortifying sin in his section on this. They both begin with this idea that you have to believe by faith that Jesus has conquered and will conquer this sin in your life. Like the victory is certain. If you think it's not, you're going to waver and doubt. Yes. Faith says, no, Jesus died to make me holy. Yes. And he died to break the power of the sin. And through his death, I have the spirit. You know, it's that way of thinking. It's like Paul is trying to amp up the people of God, you know, when he's writing to them in Rome, like you need to know this about what has happened to you and for you and in you so that you can live this out in right. your life. Yeah. Yeah. Way to jump ahead to the, to that that point very good yeah it was it's even in like Romans 6 when he he's just being practical and he's like there let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body 
to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members of sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. And then he gives this reason. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law but under grace. It will not have the upper hand. It's not going to rule. There will be times of defeat, and God uses those. But the victory is already guaranteed. And I think the more a Christian can appropriate that by faith, the better uh, we're going to do at this mortifying sin. It's the only way we can mortify it's the sin only way. is by faith, yeah. which shows us too, which is interesting. We do need to understand that both justification and sanctification are by faith. Yeah. Um, mm. It is neither. It's not like justification is by faith alone, but you sanctification. know, sanctification is this or that or yep. the other. I recognize that sanctification is progressive and that we do put effort into sanctification, yes. but it's by faith. Yes. It's faith is the, is what grabs hold of these promises. Faith is what causes us to do what we're going yes. to do, yes. you know? And so faith is very important. Yeah. Faith fueled sanctification. Yeah. Uh, so all these kind of connect actually. They the, do. The yeah. way that I'm looking they overlap. At, they overlap a lot. Cause my third point was fill your mind with things of the spirit. And if we're saying adopt new and right ways of thinking, you can't do that apart from filling your mind with the things of the spirit. And, and this point I made, and you made your, the sermon before all about that, that's simply filling your mind with the truth of God's yeah. word, right? Yep. That's the things of the spirit. Um, and the, it's the sword of the spirit. You can use yes. it in the battle. So yes. in the moment, you're quoting a scripture like "Let not sin," you know, or right. "Sin will have no dominion over you." Right. For you're not alone. You know, right. I can obey, but right now, or, you know, the famous psalm is, "Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee." Right. Mm-hmm. So there's power in the word as we appropriate it by faith in the moments of our temptations and gain victory over sin. And that's how we're putting sin to death. When we're gaining that victory, when we're, when we're saying no to it, when we're not giving it life within us, when we're not allowing it to dominate us and we're doing that by faith and and the spirits, the one actually, you know, working that in us, that's mortifying our sin. Right. Yeah. So that's very simple. Fill your mind with things of the spirit. And then, yeah, we already touched on it, but the fourth mark appropriate by faith, the things of the spirit. And when I, so because uh, there's two parts of this, right? You you brought out the one, right? We're comprehending that and this this acknowledgement that through Jesus we can actually have victory, right? We're yeah. we're believing that. I think also it's helpful to. I love in Mark nine the story of the man who brings his son to Jesus that and um, asks Jesus to heal him. He says, "If you can do anything, help us." And Jesus responds, "If all things are possible for the one who believes." he responds the man does i believe help my unbelief mm-hmm. because this is the this is where the rubber hits the road so i feel this these dominating feelings i feel that i'm controlled by my sin but yet i hear the call of the gospel i hear these truths that by faith like i can actually walk in obedience and and yet i feel so weak mm-hmm. and that's where you have that mark 9 response i believe but lord help my unbelief yeah. and then in faith i think this is where we now step out in action mm-hmm. and so and that's what i was trying to kind of bring out on sunday and this is where again it's going to take wisdom and discernment it's going to take help from other people oftentimes how do i especially if you have a dominating habit a pattern of sin 
uh, how do I appropriate by faith the truths of God's word in practical ways to my life? Mm-hmm. You know, um, the seriousness, the drastic measures that I, I mentioned that you sometimes need to take Jesus's illustration of cutting off the hand, gouging out the eye. Uh, not that those things stop sin, but the, we put measures in place, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, to to lessen temptations yes. to sin, yeah. things like that. There are very practical things that we, we should do in order to um, to mortify sin. And they are things like, you know, and thinking about even back to number three to a sense, you know, filling your mind with things of spirit. Well, a very practical, what happens when we get tempted to sin sometimes or our thoughts go in the wrong directions is because we're just allowing the wrong things yes. into our mind, right? We could be watching things constantly that are just from the world, from the devil. We fill our minds with these things, mm-hmm. right? And that that has effects on yes, us. Yes, it does. And, and the way we're going to live and things we're going to do and, and mortify sin, we're weaker in our defenses. You know, we drive along in the car, and these are good opportunities to do practical things like fill your minds with things spirit. Well, what can you put on that would help you do that if you needed to listen to something at all? Right. But what could you put on? Right. You could put on something helpful, something, yes. a podcast, a sermon, a scripture. Just listen to scripture. Yeah. Listen to scripture. You could, you could, or good music, like godly music is good. And you're filling your mind with things of the spirit when you can, you know, um, and but this will all come from people who are taking this seriously, yeah. and I, I it just crossed my mind. So I'll say this: I think there there are a lot of professing Christians, and they don't take mortification seriously. Yes. Yep. They don't take holiness seriously, and so it's not much at the forefront of their minds. And I worry about that because Paul says in Romans eight, which you went over. Uh, that the children, essentially, the children of God will be putting to death the deeds of the body. That's how you can tell the children of God from the children of the devil. John says the same thing. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a seriousness about sin and wanting to live a holy life for the right reasons, Mm -hmm. you know, because we love God and we've learned, the Spirit has taught us that sin is is not going to give us the joy we want, you know. And I recognize we all go through seasons of, laxity mm-hmm. i know i you know it's yes. kind of like you get out of shape like you're having to cut back your uh your sugar intake yeah. <laughs> or whatever to lose a little around your waist or whatever yeah we we can let ourselves get lax in our diets and do different yep. things and get lazy but in the spiritual realm we can do that too ne- next thing you know you realize man i've become pretty unholy yeah <laughs> in my thinking or the way i'm talking or the way i'm living or the things i'm watching or whatever and we need to get back to um, because then those things don't make us happy. Right. They, we thought they did originally, you know, or whatever. And then it, it, and then we're losing joy and we're losing peace. And I think probably for many Christians, they never started from a place of health, right? They never took their sin too seriously and mortifying it to start with. Right. Even. You know, right. I think that's an, that's another, we never cultivated good habits of being in the word and, yeah. and things like that. And so for some people, you're going to be further along in yeah. your Christian life walk right and still be relatively immature yeah and so i'm praying all the time for people in our church yeah. our church as a whole like that we grow in in these ways right but that again we got to go back to this part now of appropriating by faith do i really see that mortifying sin is a necessity and a guarantee in my life right and then am i willing to uh, ob- obey yeah. step out in faith believe what god says and do that's right cuz he does say 
you know, in Romans 8, if you, how does he put that? If you live, according, if you to live according to the flesh, you will die right. or literally you are about to die. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the idea is, you know, we talked about this before. God uses in scripture both the warnings mm-hmm. and the uh, encouragements to grow us. Yes. And there may be somebody listening and needs to hear if you aren't putting to death the deeds of the body, it could be evidence you're not a child yes. of God. Yes. And and again, we're not saying perfection. I always want to make sure yes. that people we're not putting weights on people because I'm not per, I sin. Right. I know I do. The, but the putting in death of deeds of body is part of the process right. of like repentance, confession, yes. trying again. Yes. You know, appropriating by faith, doing these things over and over again, even when there's been failure. But some people, it seems like there's just no effort. There are people that object to this, and the reason why is they say, "Well, what's the right amount?" And the scripture never gives a right amount right. because it's not about a right amount. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about that. It's just about doing it yeah and so like what we're saying is and what i think what you're saying is if there's no desire for that no zeal for you do need to hear the warning you must you're about to die yeah (laughs) spiritually yes right so so hear that but then there are people of a tender conscience Mm -hmm. that are really burdened by their sin and they feel they can't get over it and they're always they're, they've become overly introspective to the point of despair, and yeah. they need to hear the encouragement That's right. of Christ, yep. the gospel, this will be accomplished. That's where, again, like books like The Bruised Read yeah. are are wonderful, because I think they do all of that. That's right. right. Yeah. There's strict like warning there, yeah. and then just the most wonderful comfort right. as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, I like this quote. From, I don't think I read this on Sunday. It's from John Owen about uh, when we take taking necessary steps and... Um, the purpose of that, and he's talking about it's the point is to smother out the temptation because there is this reality. If you continue to just give yourself over and over to sin and temptation, you're not gonna. That's never gonna lessen. It's only gonna increase every time we give in to our desires. It just f- strengthens that and solidifies it more. Mm-hmm. But as we we cut it out, as we say no to temptation, it gets easier and easier. Um, and so you want to take drastic measures to snuff out the life and power. And so Owen, he, he says this, he says, As a man nailed to the cross, he first struggles and strives and cries out with great strength and might. But as his blood and spirits waste, his strivings are faint and seldom, his cries low and hoarse, scarce to be heard. When a man first sets on a lust to deal with it, it struggles with great violence to break loose. It cries with earnestness and impatience to be satisfied and relieved. But when by mortification the blood and spirits of it are let out, it moves seldom and faintly, cries sparingly, and is a, and is scarce heard in the heart. Hmm, that's good. I, I, I love that that picture, right? Yeah. Like that's what it it's like somebody dying. Yeah, right, <laughs> it's right. struggling for life, but then it, that they slowly give up, you know, yeah. and I think that you look at mature Christians like they've learned that process mm-hmm. to a to a degree to snuff out their lust. They're not tempted by the same things in the same way, and mm-hmm. you know, and that just comes with time yeah. Yeah. and, and uh, appropriating by faith the things of. I think it yeah. is helpful to sometimes think about where you've grown, yeah, you know, and yes. think about some of the ways in which you may still struggle in certain areas, but is it the same as when you were first mm-hmm. saved, mm-hmm. you know, and most likely not. Yes. Right. And I think that 
Um, and especially probably since, uh, from before you were saved. Yeah. You know, it's not the same. So we can be encouraged by the progress the Lord yes. has helped us make. Yep. One other practical thing I'd add on this, and then we'd be done, but um, is as you're seeking to take drastic measures to snuff out the loss, you got to learn like what it is that tempts you, tempts you, yeah. when, what are the patterns that you tend to fall into. So again, so this goes back to the introspection piece to a bit and evaluating your life. And and because um, I do think that, that sin, especially patterns of sin in our lives, are they are uh, highly associative in terms of yes. I do the same thing, the same place, the same time. Yeah. I respond in the same way. Yeah. And you got to learn what that is. So then when you're confronted with that, you go, okay, here's my natural response to this, and now I want to appropriate by yeah. faith the truth of God's Word. And this. I think that even the world has recognized that with addictions. Yes. That's the first thing you're going to tell you. What's your triggers? Yes. <laughs> you know, yep. and some of our sins are addictions mm-hmm. in that sense that we pa- habitually pattern our, give in to them. And if we look at it, we can, on a practical level, if we want to mortify that addiction, we can look and say, when do I most often do this? When am I most tempted? You know, if it's when I'm alone, then I can't be alone. If it's with when I'm with a certain group of people, then, you know, whatever. That's the idea of like, whatever you got to do, cut off your hand or eye or whatever. Um, And uh, Paul says... uh, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make any provision for the flesh to gratify its desires if you want to mortify it. And I think what every Christian is going to find is that mortifying your sin is going to require you to give things up. Yes. It's going to require sacrifice, self-denial, mm-hmm. death to certain things that may in and of themselves be good. Yes. You know, uh, and this could be, you know, this is very practical on, you know, again, if you're you're struggling with a particular sin and you know it's when you're always around a certain person or, you know, and I'm, I'm talking, you know, maybe young people that are dating or something and they're trying to get rid of their lust, but yet they keep going with this person and that's bringing them into lust yeah, and they're going right. and being alone or whatever. And there's so many ways you can apply that, you know, but it's like, are you making provision for the flesh to gratify its desires, you know, by the things you're doing, you are going to have to give things up. Yeah. That's not legalism. No, that's actually just, you know, faith fueled obedience to kill that sin so that you can have the joy of killing that sin. Right. The thing that's dragging your, your joy down and your peace down. I think about what Jesus said, you know, if anyone wants to follow after me, they must take up their cross, right? And like, and lay down their lives, follow Deny himself. Deny himself. Let him deny himself. Yep. Yep. And then what Paul says, I think as well, like make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Yeah. yeah. So we got to do those things. So three, well, four things, three things, right? Uh, See your sin clearly adopt new and right ways of thinking and we do that by filling our minds with things of the spirit and then we appropriate those things by faith yeah. so we hope these things are are helpful for you well we thank you for listening to the podcast today we do pray this conversation has served well the people at calvary bible church here in grand junction and if you're outside the church we hope it's a blessing for you as well uh we're praying that uh, our people would be growing in grace and knowledge of the lord jesus christ If you enjoy the podcast, consider giving us a review and a rating, sharing it with your friends. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you're part of our church, it's very simple how you can give us your feedback. You can just talk to us. You can send us text, give us a call, or you can send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. 
email us uh, feedback, questions, or topics you want us to tackle. You can follow us on the social medias, Instagram and Twitter, at The Calvary Cast. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. So until next time. Thank you.